Hey everyone, we have a great interview for you today. I'm joined now by Julian Christian Lutz, known professionally as Director X. X, welcome to the show. Hey man, uh, thanks for having me, big fan. So, uh, big fan of you as well. So if you don't know Director X's work, uh, I mean, Drake's Hotline Bling video, countless videos for artists like Kendrick Lamar, uh, Rihanna, Justin Bieber, um, uh, Usher. Uh, you also have a few movies out, uh, including Superfly and Across the Line. But I want to focus on your work right now with um, Operation Prefrontal Cortex. So before we even get into exactly what this is, uh, when you go to the website, a video pops up of your TEDx talk. So discuss uh, what that is and maybe how that led into this work with uh, Operation Prefrontal Cortex. So um, my TEDx is called uh, Message to the Man Who Shot Me. So I was uh, shot in the back at a New Year's party. The bullet went through two people and hit me. And it led to this TED talk where I, I talk about how the, 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 the theme of it being, what would make someone do something like that? And I'd come across a bunch of research about violent and aggressive behavior and how, what, what's going on in the brains of violent and aggressive people, what causes it, where that come from, and then how does that get uh, repaired? So what I had found was violent and aggressive people, their prefrontal cortex where decision-making happens, lacks volume and lacks gray matter. And also the amygdala where emotions are controlled, that was too big and is overactive. So in work together. So if you get, uh, whenever you're in a fight, flight or freeze situation, the information goes to the amygdala first and gets and goes to the prefrontal cortex a little bit slower. So the amygdala, your emotions make the decision if we're gonna fight, flight or freeze and can shut down the prefrontal cortex. So when you, <clears throat> essentially, when the, the answer is what would make someone decide to do that? Well, you know, they're not mm -hmm. deciding. You're just, you, you, you move into this instinct mode. Mm -hmm. So when it gets into what's the cause, there are another set of studies about childhood abuse and neglect and chronic stress. So childhood abuse and neglect, they have to be very clear. Being in a household where your dad is punching you in the face or being a household where your dad ignores you essentially have the same effect on the developing brain, mm -hmm. right? So now we get into conversations about kids who come from bad neighborhoods or come from a, a abusive household and also get into the conversation about kids who comes up in a household like our school shooters, right? Well, yeah. you know, they had a two-car garage and an Xbox in their room. I'm a great dad and I'm a great parent because I gave them things, but you were never actually engaging with the child. So it, it affects how those parts of the brain develop and people who are abused and neglected have a prefrontal cortex that lacks volume and gray matter and amygdala that's too large. Mm -hmm. Then there's chronic stress. Chronic stress can also change the brain. And if you are in a chronic stress situation, say you're a police officer, say you're a teacher, say you live in a neighborhood where you're afraid to leave your house, then what? after a while, it shrinks the prefrontal cortex and enlarges the amygdala. So it's a very clear line where we get to that place where you're dealing with violent people. And I think we all have had experiences with people who it takes nothing for them to snap, yeah. right? Whether it's in school, just it took nothing. They just went boom. Because chronic stress also hardwires in between your hippocampus, which is learning a memory, and your amygdala, a permanent fight or flight state. Mm -hmm. So again, now when we talk about why are these police doing these things, it's hardwired in to just go. And yeah. you know, it's in all these different reactions that are happening in the brain. So 
another set of studies that I came across was about meditation, what meditation does. Meditation changes the, the parts of the brain as well. And parts of that are your prefrontal cortex gains volume and gray matter and your amygdala shrinks. So here we are, the exact reversal of um, the brain, uh, say, function of violent, aggressive people, abuse and neglect and chronic stress. And when they apply this and in the TED talk, I give examples of what happened when they um, brought meditation into violent environments. Uh, one of the most violent prisons in Mexico. They had 44 murders in one riot, not over a year, one event, 44 wow. people dead. They implemented a meditation program. They haven't had ex an extreme case of violence since then. And there's many, many examples of uh, violent, uh, violent people or violent environments where meditation has made a, a great, profound change. Wow. So, um, I mean, I think people even can take from their own experience when it comes to meditation, people that have done meditation. I've meditated myself. I've dealt with, you know, uh, anxiety my entire life. And definitely when I was into uh, meditation, definitely uh, helped me in my day to day life. And when, and just thinking about how, you know, the studies that, that you're discussing and how it applies uh, to reducing violence, you can definitely see how that could um, have a real impact. Now, I guess the question is, how do you actually implement this uh, in a way that has <clears throat> a uh, it's it? Uh, that has the, the biggest impact possible because it can get hard to, um, you know, have kids sit in silence for, you know, a bit like how, what's the actual approach, whether it's uh, schools or uh, police forces or um, just people in general. How do you actually uh, apply this this uh, this idea of meditation to their lives? Okay, so we have uh, Operation Prefrontal Cortex is the organization that uh, my friends and I founded to bring this game plan into the world the website is op-pfc.com instagram is op.pfc so we want to go in it's five phases one the schools is the most important that is our ounce of prevention bringing mindfulness into all levels of school will will change a generation moving forward and um beyond even what that can do for violence and aggression what happens for kids, they do better, their performance academically improves, physically improves, socially improves. So if beyond even getting into curbing violence, if we're serious about um, really wanting the best for our kids, we should be implementing mindfulness. It's basically brain exercise. We should be implementing this in our schools. The way you do that, our partners are an organization called Mindfulness Every Day. They've been working in this space for over uh, a decade. And you start with the teachers. You train the teachers. Mm. You bring mindfulness into their lives. Because, again, one of the most stressful jobs in the world is being a teacher. So uh, there was a study in New, York, in New York where they just gave mindfulness for the teachers. And that greatly affected uh, the classroom, how they taught, how mm. they punished. You know, they didn't punish as readily. They asked more questions about misbehavior. Mm. Just as teachers, things changed. So you start with the teachers, then you bring it to the students, and then you begin to see all these things. There's a uh, one of the most violent schools in San Francisco. They implemented a, a meditation program. They had 38 murders in their neighborhood, just in the neighborhood, literally dead bodies on playgrounds. It was wild. They implemented a meditation program. Um, suspensions were cut in half. Mm. Uh, there's this there's a high school that it feeds into well, didn't feed into, it's this highly academic high school. Barely one kid maybe would make it in. 20% of the kids are now making it in. They're seeing massive changes in students who were very aggressive, very violent, became some of their top performing students when, when this was brought in and really changed things around. So again, if we really want to 
make a difference with how our kids grow up, how they do in school, how their lives are going to be. This is a big part of it. So that's one, getting it into schools. Two is getting it into community groups. If you're a kid, you say you live in a bad neighborhood, say, you know, we're both out here in Toronto. You, we hear stories a lot about bullets coming through windows and it's the kids don't go to the playground anymore and all these kinds of things. Um, and you might not be someone who's engaging in the violence yourself. What can you do? Or how can you deal with that trauma? It's traumatic living there, knowing people that are getting killed, knowing the person that killed the person that you also like. It's mm -hmm. these are tight little communities. Yeah. This can help. This can help with uh, those people dealing with with those things. The the next stage is into the correctional system, actually being a correctional system, bringing this into the our prisons and jails, helping people that. Um, may have been grown again, grew up in an abusive place, grew up in a neglectful place. Have the, the, you know, the world has led them into this, into this situation that we can help them. Right. Yeah. Then there is the streets through a mentorship program based in a program that started in, in Richmond, California called Operation Peacekeeper, where it's essentially reformed criminals mentoring, uh, young people that are still in the streets. They saw an almost 50% drop in their murder rate in a year when they implemented the program. Wow. So to bring that program into the city, apply mindfulness to that. And then the last one is with the police departments themselves. Bring mindfulness into the police departments to deal with the, the chronic stress that they're dealing with, what that does to their brain, their reactions. And when they have brought this to police departments, they've seen great changes as well. And the police talk about their ability to realize they're in danger, but not react instinctually, really kind of be at calm and work with all the things. So mm -hmm. we feel those five areas could make a real difference in the violence that we have going on in our cities and in, in our world. Yeah. So <clears throat> what stage of the project are you at right now? Are you in the, the pilot phase? Uh, I saw that you had a, a, a fundraiser. Is that still going on? Um, yeah. What exactly do you need to, to uh, continue this project and, and get the word out? Well, we are raising money for a pilot program. We want to get three schools going uh, to start that up. So our GoFundMe is GoFundMe.com slash OP dash PFC. And we're raising money to train the teachers that would then go on to train the students. So that's a, a big part of, of what we're doing. But again, it's a it's a full program that needs to get implemented. It's very, there's not many of us in the organization doing this. Mm -hmm. So we're starting with the schools. And bigger than that, uh, talking with, you know, I sent you the Board of Health where I spoke at the Board of Health, yep. um, you know, talking to other politicians in, in the country, talking to people that can see the benefits. So we're doing our program so we can say, look, this is what's happened when we did it. But there's definitely people that hear what we're talking about and see, uh, OK, this makes sense. And um, uh, some good conversations. Of course, those conversations all get tied to money at some point because yep. it costs money to train people. But at least we're moving in the right direction when people are saying, oh, OK, um, there there's other solutions besides throwing more cops at the issue. Yeah. And on your website, there's uh, you have a couple of proposals, one for a school mindfulness and the other for a mindful police program. So I assume people as well can kind of um, like if you're a teacher, maybe go on on the site, uh, check out the proposal and look at all the data uh, yourself and really be able to maybe apply this to your own class, even if this exact project is not is not, you know, in your school, you could still uh, apply the idea of mindfulness um, to totally. your classroom. Totally. So, you know, we, we have two documents on the website to, that are easy to download and they're made to be, you know, you download them and you hand them to somebody, email it to somebody. Hey, take a look at this. So the school one really gets into the benefits of meditation and mindfulness for the students. 
gets into the benefits for the teachers and get also gets into how we can make the school a safer place and with links to mindfulness every day. And, you know, say you're a teacher watching this in Germany right now, there are resources somewhere that, 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 you know, we have to go out and do a little bit of searching, but somewhere out there, there is a mindfulness organization that can help you bring a mindfulness program into your school. Um, so, and that's another bit of what we're, what we're here to do talk about what this can do we're not here to say we did every one and come to us and then we'll do it for you yeah. we're not concerned mm-hmm. though our concern is that it starts happening right yeah. england uh you see there's articles that are coming up they've implementing things uh there's there's ways to do it finding people that are uh in this space you know there is an element to this that you do need to go and find people that are um trained because there's trauma you don't know what you're going to be dealing with in a school, right? Yeah. Or anywhere, what kind of trauma is involved. And they, the people that have really studied this, like the program that mindfulness every day co- uh, comes from, it's called smart, uh, stress management, uh, resiliency training. And, and it's made to also deal with trauma. Cause I've, I've been at meetings where it was a mother that had lost her son in a shooting and someone said, Hey, meditate. And she said, she closed her eyes and she saw her son and she couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there, there are factors involved as a teacher uh, finding people that are really trained in this space that can that help you for all the situations that you might be coming into. Because if you just go on YouTube and then grab a mindfulness video and play it for your class, who knows what you know? Yeah. Where that where that all go? So I, I, at first I was very much like, yeah, just go do it. But really having conversations that have truly been traumatized by violence. Mm-hmm. Um, made me realize how important it is to go and seek out people that are really trained and, and done the work so you can be trained and be prepared for what may, may come your way. Absolutely. So I'll have the links to um, your uh, your TEDx talk, uh, the Operation Prefrontal Cortex uh, website, and also the donate uh, link uh, for the pilot program as well below this video. So check them out, uh, donate, um, and just uh, read the, the information and, and really uh, be able to understand that how mindfulness and meditation can really help um, when it comes to violence and really other situations in your life as well. Like I discussed anxiety or, you know, depression, uh, meditation, mindfulness can really help you in, in your daily life. And I think it's worth uh, checking out. Yeah. Um, spread the spread, spread the gospel around, man. So the yeah. next time you get into your cops are violent or what are we going to do about it? The next yes. time you're having that conversation, you say, well, you know, I saw something about the brain and you can hit him with a couple, you know, brain words. Yeah. Absolutely. Prefrontal cortex, hippocampus, amygdala. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> now, before we go, uh, because I got you here, I got to ask two questions related to your your work. Um, so basically, is, is there any dream project that you haven't had the opportunity yet to, to work on that you'd love to work on? And also, this may be connected, maybe not. Um, is there anyone that you haven't worked with yet that you would love to work with? Could be a musical artist, could be an actor. Uh um, yeah, definitely dream projects. I'm, you know, and I'm, and I'm working on them, so I'm, I, I don't mm. say much okay. about them. <laughs> but there's definitely uh, dream projects I want to work on, or things I'm actually working to to make happen. So yeah, there's definitely some stories I want to tell. And then dream project, dream artists, an artist who I'd want to work with that I haven't. Um, you know what? The weekend and I definitely need to do a video together. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we're hometown boys. We gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta do something. So. We're, we're have, we've been having those talks in passing all the time, but I, it's time for us to get serious. Nice. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on. And again, all the links are below the video. Check them out. And uh, X, thanks for being on. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me.